God is awesome. Amen. I said amen. All right. Would you stand with me tonight? We're going to do our declaration. And then we'll pray and we'll get into the word. Here we go. Lord, today by faith, we declare that we are walking in the manifestation season. As your faithful remnant, we will house your very presence. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, and he has delivered us from all of our troubles and fears. We are no longer victims, but we are victors in Christ. We will not be deceived by the lies of the enemy, but we will give health, healing, and wholeness to the hopeless and those in despair. We will live under your anointing and see the real purpose of Christ in each of our lives. We declare your everlasting word on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. Let us pray. God, we thank you that we're able to gather in your house. We're thankful that your presence is here. I pray in these moments that you would speak to our hearts as we open the word of God together. I pray that your will be done. I pray your word be spoken as I step out of your way. I pray that I be your mouthpiece tonight. In the name of Jesus, I ask these things, Lord, and believe in these things on earth as it is in heaven in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So this past Thursday evening night, I broke one of my life rules. I've got these rules that I live by in life. I broke one of those rules this past Thursday. I took my wife to see the Nutcracker Ballet the Moscow Ballet, the Nutcracker. Yes, I took her last Thursday. And you might be thinking, maybe your rule is no ballets. Um, that is not actually my rule. I, I kind of enjoyed myself, to be honest with you. Um, does anybody out here have a no ballet rule? <laughs> a few people. Well, you can live by that if you'd like. Uh, that's, that was not actually the rule that I broke. The rule that I broke last Thursday is that I personally do not take part in celebrating Christmas before Thanksgiving. Oh, I got a few hand claps. I, I, I've got I, some people's mad. Pray for me. I feel, I feel oppression. I feel a demonic attack right now. So if you just bow your heads. Anyway, what do I mean by this? I, that means in my home at least, we don't put the tree up before Thanksgiving I don't watch the Christmas mute, uh, movies, don't listen to the Christmas music uh, yet anyway, um, and I can still feel the angst, but uh, please calm down. Around the office, here in the office, they, they say I'm Scrooge, and uh, they, they look at me and say bah humbug as they blare their Christmas music before Thanksgiving, but the truth is... I love Christmas, and the truth is, it is like number one in my book as far as holidays go. There's not even a close second. But that begs the question, why did I break my own rule? Um, why? You might be thinking, it's because you love your wife, you turkey, and that is true. I do love my wife very much, but here's another thing. I figured this out last year. Uh, I've got to be completely honest, because I've been so hardcore, like, no thanks, no Christmas before Thanksgiving. I've, I've, been, I've been very vocal about it, as I am about many things. But um, <laughs> after last Christmas, I decided my rule wasn't that great of a rule. 
Yeah, some people are saying, wow, that's incredible. Yeah, it is, it is pretty incredible. Um, Christmas came and gone last year, and it was just like a, a blur to me. Like for the first time probably ever in my life, Christmas, the, the whole Christmas season was just like came and gone. And there were some movies that I just have to watch every year, and I didn't get them all in. And, man, I was just not happy about it. Anybody else like that? And no, none of them are Hallmark movies. That's a whole other breed of Christmas. We're going to pray for you after the service. We will have, we're going to have a prayer line. Um, but, but anyway, uh, that was funny. Things got so busy last year that I just didn't take the time necessary, the time needed to step back, to press pause, just enjoy the season and enjoy the moment. But this doesn't just happen during the holiday season for people. I think for many people, this is a way of life. I think for a lot of people, it's just a lot of busyness. It's a lot of go, go, go. Not a lot of pause. What's the number one response you get from people when you ask them how they're doing? Besides, I'm good. We hear that all the time. How are you doing? I'm doing good, man. Doing great. As Will says, living the dream. Where are you at, Will? He always says, I'm living the dream, man. The second response I always get, yes, somebody, how are they doing? Oh, busy, bro. Just so busy, man. Just, I don't have time for it. Just busy. Just bu- Anybody else hear that? Anybody else say that? You don't have to raise your hand. You can put them in your pockets if you need to. Just busy. Can you relate? Anybody relate in this place? Is this not our culture? Is this not the way we live? Just busy, busy, busy. Seems that we're taking less time to rest, less time to reflect, less time to stop. Seems we're taking less time to press the pause button. Questions are, is this what's best for us? Is living just a busy life, nonstop, go, 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 is that what's best? Is that the way God intended for our life to be? You don't have to wait till the end of the sermon to hear the answer to those questions, and the answer is no. It most definitely is not the way God intended for our life to be. I want to speak to you for just a few moments tonight, a message entitled, Pause. Look at your neighbor say, Pause. 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 Don't know why I said it like that. I'm not going to waste any time. I'm going to jump right in with my main point, my first main point of the night, and that is this, that God created the pause button. God created the pause button. He created rest. In Genesis 1, we read God is going on a creation spree. It's like, blah, 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 blah. blah. Land comes out of, I don't know where that came from. <laughs> land arises out of the sea, out of the depths. You've got land, and then he says, blah, and there's plants, and there's, it's boom, bang, bow, just stuff happening like crazy. Go read it. Go home and read it. It's incredible. But anyway, light, land, stars, awesome things taking place. And then in Genesis 1, 31, 
They are, they're, they're, they're on top of it. Genesis 1, 31, this is what it says. And God saw everything he had made, and behold, it was what? It was very good. And there was evening and there was morning on the sixth day. God looks back at those six days and said, man, that was good. Man, this stuff's incredible. A lot of incredible things took place on the sixth day. But then what? What does God do on the seventh day? Presses the pause button. God pressed pause. Genesis 2, 1 through 3. Let's read what it says. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from the work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. Here's the awesome thing about God. God wasn't tired. He wasn't sleepy. He wasn't spent. God didn't need a rest. He could have kept on and kept on and not stopped creating and in fact he still does the truth is our God has never been nor will he ever be in need of rest but on that seventh day that's exactly what he did he rested on the seventh day I will say God actually didn't stop creating on the seventh day God created rest he worked Six days, then he stopped on the seventh day. And on that day, God observed the first Sabbath in all of creation history. God observes the Sabbath. He made the Sabbath for us. He made it for us to model after. He made it for us so that we could walk in his footsteps. The word Sabbath actually comes from a Hebrew word, Shabbat. And that word Shabbat means to stop. How awesome is that? God found this day, the Sabbath, the stop, so great. What did he say about it? Verse 3. Would you put verse 3 back up for me? Galatians. Genesis 2, verse 3. It's okay. He said, he blessed the seventh day and made it holy. That's the first time in scripture we see the word holy. He made it holy. A special day. A special day. A day that set apart from the rest. When we skip over to Exodus chapter 20, verses 8 through 11. This is what it says. God is speaking to Moses the Ten Commandments to give to him and the Israelites. And this is what it says in the commandments about the Sabbath. Exodus 20, 8 through 11. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but on the seventh day is as the Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male servant or your female servant or your livestock or your sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heaven and the earth. 
and the sea and all that was in them, and he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord God blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. The beginning of that commandment, what does it say? It says, remember. Remember. Stay aware. Don't forget to keep one day, one day set apart to stop, to pause, and rest. God created rest for you. God created rest for us. It is meant to be a part of the rhythm of our lives. Rest is part of our rhythm as human beings. It's not something that's meant to be looked down on or thrown aside. But rest is nothing short of a necessity for you and I. And it leads me to my second point of the night is this, is simply this. We are designed to pause. We are designed to pause. We are not like the, the Energizer Bunny, which is a lame reference, I'm well aware. The Energizer Bunny, what, what, is there, what is Energizers like? They're like, we keep going and going and going, right? Never stop, never stop. Never stop. But we're not that way. We're not meant to be that way. God made us. God made you and I intentionally. We need rest. <coughs> Excuse me. We need Sabbath. We all need to stop. But stopping is so countercultural. It's countercultural. You don't see anybody bragging about stopping. Who likes stop signs in here? I don't. If there's nobody there, just roll through it, amen? Just, just playing. Man, I, this was bad as the Christmas comments. <laughs> as I mentioned earlier, everybody talks about how busy they are, and if they're not busy, they're bragging about how busy they are, you know? Here's the thing, maybe there's just a little truth to people being busy. Maybe people are pretty busy. Studies and statistics show we as Americans work more hours than our peers in other countries around the world. We on average work the most hours per week as any other country in the world. Why? Why is this the case? Is it about production? Do we as Americans believe that more hours equals more production? The truth is, studies show the contrary. That more hours spent in the office or on the job doesn't exactly equal more production. Because unlike God, we human beings can only create and produce so many hours of the week. Go look into this for yourselves. Go, go, go on Google and study this out for yourselves. I'm just going to give you a couple statistics, just really quickly. People that work 70 hours a week get no more done than people who work 55 hours a week. You don't get anything more accomplished working those 15 hours more per week 
If someone works more than 10 hours per day, on average, if you work more than 10 hours a day, studies show you're going to have health problems, you're going to have cardiovascular problems, you're going to sleep less because you're stressed. Even though you're working more and your body's more tired, you're not going to sleep as much because you're working too much. We shouldn't be surprised. God didn't create us to be that way. We were made intentionally. We're made on purpose. This is for you, busy bees. This is for you, workaholics. I've got breaking news for you. And that is this. If you keep ignoring the pause button, this is what's going to happen to you. This guy, this author, this speaker named Wayne Muller, this is what he says. If we do not allow for a rhythm of rest in our overly busy lives, illness becomes our Sabbath. Our pneumonia, our cancer, our heart attack, our accidents create Sabbath for us. One way or another, your Sabbath is coming. Is God going to have to force your hand? Are you going to stop and willingly observe it? God didn't design you and I to only rest one or two weeks of the year when we go on vacation and to only rest during those extended, those long weekends. That's not the way we're created. You can't just keep working and working and working and tell yourself you'll rest when you retire. People that do that, go look and see what happens when they retire. Go look into that for yourself. Some people say, I'll sleep when I'm dead. That's bad theology. What Bible are you reading? God did not design us that way. Sabbath isn't resting from work that's been completed. Sabbath is resting for the work that's ahead. We don't rest from production, we rest for production. I'm going to say that again. We don't rest from production, we rest for production. Our God is intentional. Go read Genesis 1. Read it all the way through. And what does it say? In Genesis 1, all through it, it, it says there was evening and there was morning. It doesn't say there was morning and then there was evening. It says there was evening and then there was morning. God's intentional. What's he trying to say to us? I believe he's saying first you rest and then you work. You work from your rest. Look also in Genesis 1. Man was created on what day? The sixth day. Man was created on the sixth day. So what did we do our first day on earth? We rested. We hung out with God the Father. We chilled next to our creator because that's what he was doing. We modeled after him. First, we rest. Then we work. That's the way God created us. That's the way he intended it to be. Because believe me, you should know this. We are created to work. We are created to produce. 
That's the way God intended for us to be. But before we do that, we have to Sabbath. We have to rest. If you want to be productive as you can be, I don't know about you, I don't want to be busy, I want to be productive. Who cares how busy you are? Are you productive? If you want to be productive as you can be, remember the Sabbath. Remember the Sabbath. And if it bothers you, because I know people, and I can get this way too, you just don't hardly know how to just stop. I want you to remember this. You might feel like I'm not, not doing anything. Pause, stop. It's actually a verb. It's a verb. What are you doing? You're resting. You're resting. It's a verb. Live like it. My friends, my brothers and sisters in Christ, we've got to stop, me included, resisting the way God created us. Don't resist the pause button. Embrace it. Embrace it. That's my third main point of the night. Embrace the gift of pause. Embrace it. Mark 2, 27 and 28 says this. And he said to them, Jesus speaking, The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made, as I said earlier, and as this scripture states, for us. It was a gift of God, a a gift that is meant to be taken hold of. God made Sabbath for you. Now, before I talk about Sabbath a little bit more, I want to give a few disclaimers that this message is is not about at all because I don't want to be misunderstood. There's so much that could be said about Sabbath. But I just want to say a few things. I am not up here trying to promote some kind of legalistic Sabbath to say it has to be on a certain day because not everybody agrees on that or you have to do certain things. In fact, this passage I just read from Jesus had to talk to the Pharisees and Sadducees a lot about Sabbath because they didn't really get it. Jesus in this passage was correcting people who didn't understand Sabbath. You can read that through several parts of the Gospels. I'm not here saying that on your day of rest you can't lift a finger because if your wife calls you and our cars broke down on the side of the road and you're at home sitting on the couch, she calls you, you can't say, hey, babe, I'm sorry, it's Sabbath. Let me know how that works for you, bro. Not going to go so good. That's not what I'm talking about here tonight. Don't misunderstand me. Like I said, I'm not trying to get you hung up on a day of a week. Because I'm going to tell you something. For pastor and for staff, Sunday's not his Sabbath. This is his work day. This is him pouring out of himself. This is what he's here for. This is not his Sabbath. It's not about necessarily Sunday or Saturday. It's not what it's about. What I am preaching to you, what I'm declaring before you, is that you need to press the pause button and allow your soul to be recharged. How do you do that? I'm not going to spend a ton of time here. How do you do that? You examine yourself. Allow God to examine you. Figure out what inspires you. What 
what fills you up? What, in fact, recharges your soul? I'm just going to tell you a few things that recharge my soul. Is that okay? If it's not, you'll get over it. A few things that recharge my soul. I'm sorry I sound like a smart aleck. The truth is I am. Amen. Thank you, Brother Crutchfield. A few things that recharge my soul. One is, is coffee. That's the truth. I, you might, you're crazy, Zach. No, when I get up in the morning and make coffee and I sit down in the silence before my beautiful wife gets up, I enjoy that moment. That recharges my soul. And if you don't drink coffee, are you saved? <laughs> Just kidding. Another thing that recharges my soul, reading books or reading the Word of God just makes me just, it just charges me up. Even when I don't feel like it, even when I don't want to, if I will discipline myself and do it, it charges my soul. Another thing I found, and I'm continuing to find out more and more, is if I can sit down with someone and have a genuine conversation with them, that charges my soul. If I can sit down and break bread with people that I care about and that I love, that are close to me, that charges my soul. Another thing, going fishing and hunting, as long as it goes well, charges my soul. Can I get amen on that? Yeah. Good music. Spending time with my wife and getting away, even if it's to a ballet, recharges my soul. Refreshes my soul. Coming here and worshiping God alongside my brothers and sisters in Christ, seeing the kingdom of God be built, that charges my soul. What recharges your soul? Ask God. Ask God to help you. He's still showing me because I thought one thing was rest and he's showing me no, no, no. No, that's not what charges you. He'll show you, just ask. But here's the thing I want you to be careful of. You're thinking, you haven't even brought up the most important thing. I know, I did that for a reason. A lot of times, what humans do, and I'm learning this more and more, is that we run from what we need the most. So if, if I'm in a place in my life where I need to be surrounded by people and friends what my human flesh wants to do is withdraw, to be alone. Because we naturally run from what our soul needs the most. We must be careful to remember that true Sabbath, true rest, is found in God alone. So we can't just be running from all the, that list of things I just listed. Those things are great, and I try to do those things regularly. But first and foremost, Jesus is my Sabbath. Jesus is where I find true rest. So among all those things, Jesus is present, and more, than, more rest is found in Him. One moment in His presence fills me up more than 13 cups of coffee. What is Matthew 11, 28 through 30? This is what it says. Come to me. Somebody needs to hear this tonight. It's common passage of scripture, but you need to hear it because it's for you. Come to me, all you who labor 
and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, my burden is light. That's who our God is. He is rest for the weary. He is rest for the heavy burden. He is joy in the midst of chaos. He is where true rest is found. He is the Lord of the Sabbath. Find rest in Jesus. Now, you know, I've been praying off and on. God, what do you want to do at the end of the service? And I, I'm, I, don't, I don't think he told me because, very clearly anyway because be afraid to do it. But what I just want to do, and this is really weird, but instead of musicians coming forward, just stay seated. What I want to do, and what I feel led to do, no music, no specific instruction but just I just want you if you would just be obedient with me let's just pause for just a few moments if you feel like you need to exalt his name exalt his name if you say Lord I've not been keeping the Sabbath let him speak to you because if you don't take time to pause and to listen God's speaking. Are you listening? Are you pausing and listening? Last thing I'll say, and then we'll be obedient, is the end of last year, I, I sat down and I wrote goals for myself. One of those goals was to enjoy the silence. Just enjoy the silence. I don't know about you, but that's really hard for me. I have to sleep with a fan. If I'm, if I'm like in the car, I need music or, or talk radio or whatever. I have a really hard time with that. And just being able just to enjoy that. It's taking prayer. It's taking discipline. Just, I'm not saying you need to spend a whole day in silence. What I'm telling you is you need to press pause. And, th- and that's what, if you would with me, that's what I want to do. If you just be obedient with me, just a few minutes. No music, just you, our brothers in Christ, and God being quiet in a church service, doing nothing for just a few minutes. Would you be obedient with me? I'm going to pray before we do this. Would you just bow your heads right now? I'm going to go sit down in my seat over there and take just a few minutes with you. Let us pray. God, you are Sabbath. I thank you that I am made intentionally and you know exactly how I'm wired. And therefore you, you show us, you model for us the way we're supposed to live our lives. And I pray that we not be overwhelmed by busyness and stress, but we would find rest for our weary souls in you. I pray for those people in this place who have a really hard time observing the Sabbath. I pray that they would make it priority, that they would understand That is an absolute necessity because if we don't observe it, it will find us. I pray tonight would change the course of people's lives. That they would radically be transformed because they pause.
because they rest. And I pray as they rest that you would speak to them, that you would fill them with your spirit because you don't want to just move upon people while they're in this house. You want to move on upon them when they're in their homes by themselves, whether with their family, breaking bread together. I pray, God, in these few moments of pause that we would just embrace it. Embrace your gift. In Jesus' name, would you just sit and pause with me?